Welcome to the Kitchen Sink meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Please note, we will be holding this meeting via Zoom for the foreseeable future. If you'd like to attend the meeting live, go to oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Hi, my name is John, compulsive overeater. Now, what do those two words mean? Uh, we have them in the, uh, the same sentence, compulsive and overeater. I was compulsive about a lot of things when I was younger, you know, drugs, alcohol, sex, and stuff like that. All I kind of dropped away, but the food stuck around. My main drug of choice is heroin, right? <laughs> My main drug of choice is sugar. And um, I, I used to overeat sugar a lot for today, and for today, one day at a time, I'm not eating sugar. And, and, and that... Uh, folks is is I don't know what other word to use miracle miracle because it's not me that does it it's a power greater than myself uh, I've been in OA since 08 I have six years three months abstinence several substances and I have a food plan my food plan is I have abstinent breakfast and abstinent lunch and an abstinent dinner plus two snacks. Uh, I have a wonderful sponsor. When we first started working together, he said, I want me, to, I want you to send, uh, my food, I want you to send your food in every day. And I paused and I said, gee, I'm fine with breakfast and lunch, but there's no way I can think that far ahead to dinner. And he very kindly agreed to that. Uh, my first sponsor also had a great line. Uh, everything on one plate just to make sure it's not six inches high. And and that has stood me in such good stead over many years. I still have everything on one plate at dinner, everything at one plate at lunch, and everything, uh, well, a bowl for uh, for breakfast. And, and I, I just have so much gratitude for that. So yesterday, you know, I'm saying, okay, higher power, what am I going to do tomorrow? I have no idea. I don't know. Well, he always said, he, she, it, them, always sets the stage. I've been going through uh, computer hell since uh, Tuesday past. I got a new computer, supposedly wonderful, new model, glitzes and jitzes and everything else. Well, the damn thing goes to hell on me. And and so I finally, uh, the tech came over yesterday, and uh, he... Uh, he was a great young man. He spent an hour with that thing. He could not do it. And he says to me, sir, I've never had to tell anybody information this bad. Your your computer is, he got to a point he could not do it. And he said that. I, and I said, okay, thank you. So what I want to do, I'm going to have to read them. I don't have to memorize. I, I just wanted to go through each step and, and talk about, how it helped me in dealing with yesterday without a meltdown, without going back to the sugar and the food. First, admitted we're powerless over food. I'm lucky enough for today to realize I am powerless. I, I live in a place the size of a postage stamp. I'm sitting at my computer now. In one second, I can be at my refrigerator. So constantly during the day, I'm looking at that refrigerator. Does it call for today? No. No, it does not call. I say you're a very nice appliance. Thank you for keeping my food frozen and fresh, etc. 
and I love you. And that is it. You know, I go past the cupboards. Nothing. And, uh, again, that does not mean it's doing it. That my life had become unmanageable. It's more manageable than it used to be. Uh, not to the point where I'd like it. How does this apply to the experiences in yesterday, or the recent past? My life would have been unmanageable yesterday, and I would not have been nice to that young man. I would have pinned the entire blame for this situation on him, not the company, not at all. It is not their fault. Even though they made a bad computer, it's your fault because you can't fix it. I treated this young man with as much respect and love as I could. We had a good conversation. He is in customer service, so was I, and or is and 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 we both agreed the customer is number one is in what happens. Came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Yesterday would have been a mark of true insanity. After he left, I would have been at the refrigerator. I would have been at the cupboard, both stacked with all of my absent foods, again, number one being sugar. And I would have been chowing that stuff down like a champion. I didn't do that. Only my higher power kept me out of that situation. Left of my own will, uh uh-uh, it ain't going to happen, folks. Step three, made a decision to turn our will, our will and our lives, our lives, over to the care of God as we understand him. Uh, oof. I have five great things in my life that help me stay on a course. One, my higher power. Two, program. Three, sponsor. Four, fellowship. Five, my psychiatrist and my therapist. My higher power brought all those into my life even though when I didn't believe, I had my psychiatrist and my therapist for many, many years. So there is my higher power at work right now. And all five of those are extremely, extremely dependable. I've never had that in my life where I could depend on five things at once. Okay. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. What did I do? I knew this computer was a one-off. One off, or I'm sorry, a 1.0. 1.0s are usually buggy. But I said, screw it. I like what's in it. <laughs> I like the color and everything else. I went ahead and ordered it anyway, despite the stout. I was watching a program the other evening. There's a new machine in this series that's no good. And the guy says, it's, it's a 1.0. They're often buggy. So there is a message from my higher power. John, this thing is no good. Okay. And uh, five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. This step was a 180 in my life. I constantly used to blame people for other things, i.e. the young technician yesterday. Mm, I I can't do that. I, I don't have the luxury of doing that. Because if I allow myself the luxury of doing that, it takes me away from my higher power. It takes me away from self. And living a life of sanity and service. Um, that, that's among my, my top three steps in our program. Okay. Five, 
submitted to God, to another human being, and to ourselves, the exact nature of our wrongs. I sat down with my first sponsor. We were sitting in a park in West Hollywood. We were sitting on a little step. And I I turned everything over to him. Every single itsy-bitsy grain detail, what have you. And he sat there and listened to me. He didn't say a word. No judgment about the funky things I've done. Anything else. He listened. And uh, again, that was one of the transformative periods of my life. When another human being knew everything, literally everything I've ever done. Six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. I'm still not there. I still want to hold on to my will. I still want to keep this defect or that defect. You know, they've been kind of fun. And also, where did they do me good in the past? My ego got me through a lot of tough situations. And that's always been my main character defect. But now, now I still have it. Once I asked my first sponsor, do you think character defects are ever removed? said, no, I don't think so. Another great friend of mine says, the volume has been turned down. And that's what's happened to me. The volume has been turned to a much lower level. Uh, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Again, this is something I can't do on my own. I, I could work from here into the next century. And it would not happen. It would not. The volume would not be turned down. If nothing else, at this point in my life, the volume would have been to the max, and I'd be causing chaos in other people's lives and in my own as well. So, I think, again, it's a daily renewal, a daily renewal to God to please remove my character defects. Okay. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing, became willing to make amends for them all. This was not a fun step at all, at all. You know, I don't want to admit there's something wrong with me. I have a huge ego. I'm always right. You're wrong. Uh Uh-uh. Not anymore can I pay attention to that particular voice. That particular voice is still in the background, uh, background, uh, albeit mute. But at the same time, it's still there sending us little message. You're better than anybody else. Hello? Somebody say something? Okay, thank you. Sorry. And, um, uh, where was I? Un momento, please. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, um, so making my list of people, it wasn't that comprehensive. There were maybe 25, 30 people over my lifetime that I could think of in that moment. Those were the most egregious violations of their lives and their character uh, to the, uh, or rather to them that, that I have made. I went down the list. A lot of people have passed away. A lot of people have died. The people I found, you know, some were kind of mute about it. Someone said, yes, you have done that to me, John. Once I was finished doing that, a second weight was taken off my shoulders. I didn't have to haul around in life saying, gee, at some point, maybe I should apologize to this person. Might be a good idea, John, but then that thought flies away. Again, it's my way or the highway. Why the hell should I say I'm sorry to you? It doesn't happen anymore. 
My goal now is to make the time between the action and the amends as short as possible. It can't always be done, but to make that amends as soon as possible. In a way, we have a term called keeping our side of the street clean. If my side gets cluttered, I'm going to be tripping over things. I'm going to be bummed out when I'm being, seeing on the street and everything else. This way, my side of the street is mainly, I emphasize mainly, clean. And I'm really thankful for that. Uh, step step 10, continue to take personal inventory when we're wrong promptly admitted. I, I just talked about that. Uh, I, I included that step in, uh, in my little spiel here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, three key words, promptly admitted. Oh, I forgot this. When I walk to the engagement with that person, I have no expectations of what's going to happen. Zero. It's entirely my uh, higher powers uh, will. And number two, not to try to explain myself. I love to be a drama queen and get into this and that and that happened. It does not help the other person at all. They start getting confused, have higher resentment, so on. That's not my role here. One, turn it over to God. Two, go in and do it with no expectations. Okay. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only of his knowledge for us and the power to carry that out. Uh, again, without my, a part of my higher powers nature. Right outside my window here is this incredible palm tree. It's there doing God's will. It uh, uh, goes ahead and it uh, it uh, its fronds just wave back and forth. Excuse me. <clears throat> Thank you. And uh, it, it does exactly. I, I I can do no less. I can do no less. Oh my goodness! I skipped step three. I'm so sorry. I made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understand God, understood God. My higher power's nature, and my dear sister who passed away a number of years ago. Um, those two things, I can walk outside and nature is right in front of me. It's right there. Every single item I see is doing its higher power's will. It's growing. Or it's dying. Or the leaves or fronds are doing what they're supposed to do. The sky is blue like it's supposed to every day. What a miracle. Every day it's blue. And so, I have a little ritual in the morning, uh, or afternoon. Uh, what I do is I sing the first bar of an old Christian hymn I read for today. Uh, I uh, go through the first three steps. I do a Native American ritual. Then I chant. And, and doing that, things are turned over. Thanks for bearing with me. Uh, now, now back to this. Uh, I, Again, uh, you know, uh, every day turned it over from the time I get up in the morning to the time I go to bed. <laughs> I heard a great one a number of years ago from uh, a speaker in our fellowship I highly respect and love. And he said he heard this person in program. In the morning, they wake up, they go, whatever, God. And then in the evening, they go, thank you, God. And, and that was it. So, one's practice can be whatever one wants it to be, which is another wonderful thing about our program. 
there is no right way to do it. We each do it our own way, discuss with our sponsor, and so on. And 12, having a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. For me, that's the most important step. If I, if I, if I have it, if God, for today, I think, I think I do have part of it. I will never have all of it. Um, the newcomer is, is a miracle. I'll tell a newcomer, you have the courage to walk through that door. Congratulations and thank you for being here. I talk to somebody, I don't lecture, I listen to the person. I share my experience, strength, and hope. Okay, all these steps came together and helped me in my recent experience, again, without blowing my tongue. They're such a wonderful amalgam as a way to live. If I have a 12-step day, my day is better. If I have a 12-step day, whatever comes my way, whatever comes my way works out. Last month, I had a couple of experiences, one of them a real dark night of the soul. I, I'm bipolar. What's bipolar? It's a disease where you get really high or really low. I was extremely high. It started in the afternoon and slid into the night. It's pretty nuts. The only, the only, the only thing I could think of was God. And the only thing I could think of to, uh, to say all night was, God, please don't let me lose, God, please don't let me lose my abstinence and so on. And I woke up in the morning, I was abstinent. John, you have five minutes. Thank you, Michael. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Oh, God, five more. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, uh, that, that really got me through that. Uh, it's the worst period I've had in many, many years of that. And without the support of this program, I might have gotten even nutsier the next day. And that, thank you, God, did not happen. Um, and then there's a minor episode later on. What have I heard? Oh, I'm sorry. I really believe in the dual program, uh, the, the dual path of program and therapy. But again, this is just me. Um, uh, my sponsor, I was going through some stuff a number of years ago, and he said, for today, John, I always stay in today. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Sometimes I don't know what's going to even happen in the next moment. So stay here and now. This is it. This is what I got. There, there ain't nothing else in town. And uh, especially tomorrow. I used to future trip like nobody's business. Oh, next month. I'm going to buy a shiny new car. Well, the possibilities of that were nil. Or I'm going to go live in a glitzy apartment. No, the possibilities of that were nil as well, too. So what that does when I do that, it takes me out of myself. It takes me away from my higher power. Uh, It is exactly what it does. And God willing, for today, I do not want that to happen. The other one is from my therapist. I'm seeing many years, and he said, John, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. So those two phrases, again, that dark mind of the soul, really came to bear for me for today. And there is a light at the dark end of the tunnel. Even though that light seemed far away, you know, God kept me hanging in there. 
And those two phrases from two of the absolute dearest people in my life. So, God always provides, always provides. If I open my soul, my head, I'm not, uh, that's always open. This is what drove me crazy. You know, think, 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 spin, spin, spin. I, you know, the paralysis of analysis. I want to figure it out. I want to figure it out. I, I'm pretty good at deductive reasoning. I still am. You know, a lot of stuff with the computer, uh, I, I would not have been to follow throughout following instructions, et cetera, et cetera. But that part of deductive reasoning gets me nowhere, nowhere when it comes to emotional life, when it comes to a satisfying life, when it comes to a life that is not all about me and, and a, a, a life that is being of service. Being of service, being of service. You know, back to the 12th step for a minute. Being of service means not only to other people, it includes being of service to myself. Treating myself in a loving, kind, forgiving way. Always being there for myself. John, what's going on with your body? What's going on with your soul? What's going on with your mind? Are you still living in your mind, John? Remember, it's a dusty, dark street filled with derelict cars and trash and cobwebs. And you're, if you stay there, you're going to trip over something and hurt yourself. You'll probably lose your abstinence. It's, it's exactly what will happen. So, and, and again, the wonderful phrase, keeping my side of the street clean. Uh, so my mind is a dangerous neighborhood. I don't visit very often. It's great. I get to the corner, walk and don't walk. Follow the sign. I, I'm in the store gathering my food. It's automatic. My mind tells me, okay, we're going to get the vegetables, we're going to get the protein, uh, we're, we're going to get our fruit, etc., etc. It's good for that. Beyond that, it is highly, highly undependable. Um, I, I, I found this most wonderful reading from our OA book of 12 and 12 the other evening. And it goes. It's on page 82, second paragraph. We're no longer afraid of food because it no longer controls us. The glorious fact for most of us is that God has lifted the food obsession from us. Freed of the, of the obsession and restored to sanity, today we choose not to eat self-destructively. We have new ways of coping with our problems and new practice now, which make living a positive, joyful experience, these three words, most of the time. If we should again crave more food than we need, we know we can find relief in steps instead of in compulsive eating. Uh, sure, words were never printed. They were never printed. That's your time, John. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Michael. Thank you for listening. You're all wonderful, fantastic. Please keep coming back. Thank you. This is the time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. If you have a question, please click the raise your hand icon. The secretary will call on you and you can then unmute and ask your question. Okay, so Arlene, how do you deal with regret in your life? 
Oh, that's a good one. There, oh, there is a famous author that I really like. Oh, there, there are two people I like. I greatly admit her. Uh, one was a singer, and the other was a great author. First of all, uh, somebody asked the singer, do you have regrets? She said, no, never. And the other one the, uh, asked the famous writer, do you have regrets? I have regrets every day. So it falls somewhere in the middle of those two. Yeah, a regret will come up, uh, something I did in the past. Maybe somebody who I've not made a direct amends to. Um, or maybe there's a recent regret. Um, I didn't uh, didn't pay a bill on time. Um, I wasn't totally honest with myself or another person. So when that happens, it looks like it's time to turn it over my higher power and uh, again use this to look at it and say, well, this is this and that's that. What course of action do I want to take from here? Uh, if I let them, regrets can be a bear. If I handle them using program, cuts them down from being a bear to being a bear cub, much generally. And uh, that's what I do when it comes to regret. Thank you, Arlene. Okay, Mark S. Morning, uh, John. Thank you for your share. Hey, Mark. Okay. Um, you, when you went over the steps, you talked about step six, having uh, God remove uh, all the defects of character, and you stated that it never fully goes away. It just, the music kind of turns down, the volume turns down. Mm-hmm. What happens when a particular song that you like comes up rearing and it's just one that you really like to hear and you want to dip and you just want to turn up the music for it? Oh, good question. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll get turned up. I used to really get bummed out by that. I'm no longer that surprised. I realized this was part of my life for a long time. A quick example. A number, uh, a couple of months ago, uh, a while ago, in fact, I'd use a ride service to go to my doctor. And I got in, you know, my mask, and the driver didn't have a mask. And I was really upset. So I call the company, and I go, yada, 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 raise my voice, yada, yada, yada. And this guy did his best, and uh, uh, thank God, I, I ended up apologizing. So the volume will get turned up at the dawn goddess times. Part of the volume being turned down there also, Mark, it does not happen as often anymore. I'm not going to carry a lot of guilt. Around, I'm going to carry a lot of awareness around it is what I'm going to do. And also, also like everything else, turn it over to my higher power. My higher power is much better at handling my life than I am. Thank you for the question. Uh, Mary? Sorry. Hi, John. Hi, Mary. Good to Um, see you. Good to see you. Uh, I asked you, that, that was phenomenal. Thank you. First time at Thank this you. meeting. Um, I am Thank newly you. abstinent, and I'm wondering how. This is a very basic question, but how do you handle like parties with food and um, restaurants? Okay, um, and I want uh, engaging in those activities. Yeah, what I, what I used to do uh, was a buffet. Before you know that that buffet would have. Uh, <laughs> the people at the buffet would not have liked me because I would have had a lot of food. 
Um, or uh, if I'm at a restaurant, I want the biggest entree possible. Now, again, it's, it's, uh, it's in my higher power's hand. As you stay in program, and please, please, Mary, do stay with us. Keep coming back. I've been through a lot of dark times, and those three words did it. This program works. Um, now, uh, I, I have gone to buffets, and before I get in that line, I say, gee, God, one plate only, and don't make it six inches hot. So I go through the buffet, I get what I want, I like tasty food, so I get what I like. And, and I, I go back to the table and sit down, and I'm, I'm with other people, I can talk to them. I never used to do that because of the food. So here, good prep work before getting to that restaurant is look at the menu first before you go. Here's something I can eat that is sane, that will not get me in trouble. If you're going to go to like a party with a table of food, look at it for a while from afar and look at the foods that you can eat in moderation and choose those foods. If you want to go back, go back to that buffet or whatever, text one of us, please, before you do that. Do it before the fact, not after the fact. Thanks, Mary. Thank you. Sure. Um, Bob M. Hey, John, great to see you. Thank you for your share. Hey, Bob. So when you're in the grocery store getting the protein and the vegetables and the fruit, <clears throat> and then you walk by the cookies that are on the <laughs> or whatever else, what, uh, you know, what, what do you do? What triggers that, that mental set at that time to just avoid those foods? Bob asked, is asking me a great question about... Uh, uh, sorry, John. Sorry to interrupt. Your video is off. You may want to turn your camera on again. Oh, it, it, it may have gone... Something may have happened to it. I, I'm sorry. These things have been a little weird for me lately, but th thank you anyway, Vincent. I, I'm just going to have to bear with my voice here. Um, let's see. Um, yeah. Okay. The store I go to is in many stores. If I turn one way and I go around to the back, there are the sweets. The other way, they're not. Normally, I walk through and, and there's no feeling. Well, a number of months ago, I was walking through. And my uh, my addiction, they'll come out and want to dance with me. I'm not a terribly good dancer, so he's going to win all the time. So he says, John, let's look at this particular item. You used to like them, so huh, I'll walk over and look at it. And I was looking around the shelves. Another one had something on it in the sweet section. I really, I picked that up, and it slipped out of my hand. That wasn't me. That was God. I said, ah, John, this is it, and you're going to drop it now. I dropped it now, and I walked away from the situation. That never happened before. It's never happened since. The armor I wore was my higher power. That, that it, um, my, my higher power gave me that message. I'm not, John, you're not, I'm not going to tell you anything. You're just going to drop the thing. And that's exactly what happened. Thanks, Bob. And Mona L. Hi, thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me so much for your share today. I got so much from listening to you. Happy to um, do it. Hi, Mona. 
Hi, hi, Mona, compulsive overeater. I'm sorry. Um, I'd like to know how do you handle unsolicited advice that might um, usually make your blood boil? <laughs> Thank you. Ah, I will. You mean when you're talking to somebody or when you encounter a situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. When when I'm talking to something, I, right. Sometimes I do talk to things. When, when, when I'm talking to someone and we start getting engaged in a heated argument, I got to turn around and walk away from them. I, I may not say a word. I just got to turn around and walk away. Uh, the other person doesn't need to be the target of my anger. They are doing whatever they're doing, and that's their life, whatever they're doing. And if I can't handle it, or I will say, I do not want to listen to this. I'm sorry, and turn around and walk away. That keeps me sane. My life is not going to end if I continue to engage in this kind of behavior that will cause me to go wrong. When it comes to an object, the computer, right? The, the computer, the poor thing put me through computer hell. I didn't take it out on the sidewalk. I didn't smash it. I didn't pound it on my fist. I tried to deal with it. I tried to deal with a machine. The machine's not rational at all. I, I, got, I, I took action is what I did. Action is one of uh, uh, our, uh, our tools that we use. If I take action, I can solve a problem. Again, my head is going, okay, what, what action should I take here? Get myself out of this pit so I don't keep yelling and pounding on this machine. That's when I do when I encounter something. If it's a car, I'm in a crosswalk and it doesn't stop. Okay, that happened. Uh, my sponsor had a really good line. I said, what do you do when you have resentment? So the first thing I go, yada, yada, rah, rah, rah. Then after that, the second thought is my thought. I usually end up praying for it. I don't want to. God knows I don't want to. But I end up praying for the person. Thanks, Michael. And, and that helps me with that, too. I hope that answers your question. Thank you. Thank you, John. Anna P? <clears throat> hi, this is Anna. Um, I'm a computer reader. Uh, hi, John. It's so good to see you. Um, you've always been such a sweet and warm, uh, welcoming person at meetings, so thank you for that. Um, I am, again, working on my eighth step, and you talked about self-compassion. And um, and I am uh, uh, reading on, on the OA 12 and 12 about uh, self-forgiveness. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with self-forgiveness? Oh, thank you for that question. Sure, sure. Um, the one person I had a hard time forgiving in my uh, in my eighth step and other steps in my life as well was me. Um, I really thought there's a line we have, forgive the language, uh, I'm a piece of shit at the center of the universe. I always used to believe that, that the universe revolved around me. There's a great story in, in the big book, talks about the director. The director says to somebody, you should be in the spotlight. You're not on your mark. I've always wanted to do that uh, 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 with other people. And uh, uh, that has always, oh, my goodness, goodness, goodness. I'm so sorry. 
and, and aging brain. What was your question again? Um, how, uh, what experience can you share about self-forgiveness? Ah, thank, thank you, Anna. Um, I am the person who's hardest on myself if I've done something. Uh, I really want to beat myself up, you know, hit myself up the side of the head with a two-by-four because I did this. Uh, I want to be perfect. I'm not perfect. There's something wrong with me. And what can I do to fix it? What can I do to fix it? Uh, there's actually nothing I, I can do to fix it. I, I, I got to turn it over to my higher power. You know, I'll keep coming back to that, turning things over. I can't run my life on my own, and I have done a lot of things in my life that I felt very bad about. And uh, I, I carried that kind of load around for a long time. Forgiving myself, praying to my higher power, and turning over my higher power, and guess what? I end up saying to myself, I'm sorry, John. This was hard. Remember, you're a human being, and keep on with your life. Keep on with your life, please. That answer your question okay? Yes, John. Thank you. You're welcome, Anna. And Lillian M. Hi, John. Hey, Thank Lillian. You say it was great. What do you, do you make outreach calls often? And I just wonder how does it help you? Does it make you feel better? Does it help with your abstinence? How do you deal with that, making outreach calls? Oh, oh thanks very much. Um, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't make a lot of outreach calls. Uh, when, when some, oh, I make them a lot when something is stacking up is what I do. Uh, I, I call two people a day. Uh, I, I call a guy in the morning or afternoon. A long time ago, we made an agreement. We have a, both have a problem with when to eat our meals. So he calls me or I call him in the early afternoon. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. He usually has his breakfast around 1231, his lunch later, and his dinner much later. I have my breakfast in the morning. My lunch around two, uh, late afternoon stack, uh, late evening meal, and then, uh, late evening stack. This call, also we check in with each other's days. And if we're going wrong, we talk about that too. That's very helpful. Second, I have a dear friend in program. We call each other every evening at 8.30. And that is immensely helpful and can review the day like Last night, I was able to review the computer thing with her. And that really helps get a lot off my chest, too, as well. So those two calls are a huge part of my program. Anything? Okay. Good, John. Thank you very much. Time's Thank up. You. Thank you.